Are you training your patients or are your patients training you? We begin our podcast right there. Computers are live. Mixer is up. Levels are good. Equalizer is good. Ready channels one and two. Mic is live in three, two, one. Roll it. Welcome listeners to the My Practice, My Business podcast, where we teach dentists and their teams how to reclaim forgotten profitability in dentistry with our clinical business of dentistry training. And now, the host of our show, the clinical director at My Practice, My Business, Dr. Rob Thorup. Well, my friends, I've been training offices, dental offices, in the clinical business of dentistry since uh, 2006. One of the things that is a common denominator with a large majority of practices is this. One, their patients, your patients, have been trained to be treated to the insurance plan coverage. Second, to receive discounts continuously, whether they ask the whether the patients ask for them or not. Third, to make monthly payments for their dental services they receive. And fourth, to even have patients receive free dental services, both directly and indirectly. We need to discuss each of these points at uh, one at a time to help all of you to hopefully rethink your thought leadership on how you might reshape your current thinking with your amazing businesses, or should I dare say your dental practices. The first one is how we tend to provide treatment to the limits of our patients' insurance plans. You know what I mean? And I have no idea where to start with this one because there are so many issues here. So let's address a few and ask ourselves if it's the right thing to do. For example, point one, the standard of care that I was taught in dental school on pantographs was the need to take them every three years. Now, I know there's a lot of talk out there to take them, you know, when appropriate, when the doctor thinks that the picture should be taken, whatever, every three years. Then Delta Dental came out and said that they would only pay for a pano every five years. Most dentists and front office members began following Delta Dental's policy change and began treating Delta patients differently than everybody else. In our practice, we chose not to allow Delta to compromise the care of our patients. That's a whole other story. We tell our patients that the standard of care for that particular image is every three years and that their insurance company doesn't care about them as much as we do. And that's so true. We tell them that their insurance plan will not cover that image and that they will need to pay for it out of pocket that day if it's within the five-year span. We don't give them a choice as we refuse to compromise our standards and we treat them to their, we're not going to treat our patients to their ridiculous insurance coverage. We're just not going to do it. So we let them know that Delta Dental is the only insurance plan we take that cheapens their coverage continuously and that they should probably go to their HR departments and and look to take on another dental insurance uh, coverage or dental insurance company for better coverage. One might say, Rob, you're attacking Delta Dental with your comments. Good. I don't mind. I don't mind speaking truth. 
speaking truth about any insurance company because they, Delta Dental, especially Delta Dental of Washington, but Delta Dental in general, are attacking us directly through our patients. If you've studied any of their correspondence lately, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's time to defend ourselves, folks, or should I say it's long overdue that we defend ourselves and our patients. If we subject ourselves to policies that go beyond the standard of care, aren't we opening ourselves up to malpractice, let alone a decrease in patient care? I know you get the picture. Point two, what about dental plans that will only pay for two quadrants of scaling and root planing per appointment? Oh, that would be Delta Dental again, uh, who started that policy. And due to insurance companies' exclusion from collusion and antitrust, Many other Delta uh, or many, uh, many other dental insurance companies have adopted that same unhealthy policy for our patients. It won't be long before the rest of del- dental insurance companies follow that ridiculous protocol of two quads per visit. No matter how hard my hygienists try to tell the bacteria in our patients' mouths on the non-scaled side of the mouth to stay put until the the patient can come back for the, for the rest of their periodontal treatment, they tend to uh, reinfect the scaled side. It's so weird that the bacteria can hop from one side of the mouth to the other. I, I, I just can't imagine how that happens. Those sneaky little bacteria. If this protocol was even suggested in medicine, physicians would go nuts, and so would attorneys. Why have we dentists allowed this to happen in dentistry, in our industry? That's a whole nother topic. Uh, Point three, reimbursement rates have caused practices to purchase the least expensive crowns on the market, yet many offices are using some of the most expensive composite materials. Why, why Why do offices think the cost of goods on crowns will help them become profitable on crown restored procedures, yet the more expensive composites will have no effect on the profitability of operative procedures. I don't get that one. When direct operating costs for each procedure are calculated, it quickly becomes obvious that insurance reimbursement rates are not profitable for the large majority of procedures we perform. Do we offer our patients choice of materials and charge our patients an additional fee for those more expensive products and procedures like any other business out there would do? Do you know you could do that? Did you know that? Or do, uh, do you just want to continue accepting what you perceive your insurance contract tells you to do? Think that one through. You know, that contract, the one that you read from cover to cover. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what MPMB specializes in with our training, meaning how to offer patient choice and charge for more expensive products and services directly to the patient legally and ethically. Why? Because we're weird. We know the insurance contracts inside and out, and we know state laws. <laughs> Just, you know, we have nothing else to do. No, we, that's, what we, that's what we do. That's what our company's about. Uh, point four, uh, how many of you, when giving a patient a treatment plan, have the patient say, quote, what will my insurance plan allow you to do? End of quote. How often do we cater to that question, folks? Or, quote, what will my insurance pay for? 
end of quote. <laughs> Why are we so afraid to answer these questions with uh, not much? <laughs> Let me just be very clear on this subject. You can charge your patients for high-end dentistry if they choose it. You just need to know how to do it the correct way so you stay within the confines of your dental insurance contracts. So, Doc, is dental insurance the limiting factor, or is it you and your front office team members? Are you guys the limiting factors? Hmm. How are you going to retrain your patients on the amazing services that you can and should provide and be paid fairly for them? We can help. You just need to ask by calling us. We're happy to, to give you information on our training. Well, point number two. Given your patients' discounts on your services, whether they ask, ask for them or not, why are we in such a rush to give away our services? This is what I call reverse nickel and diming of you and your team. Discounts come out of everybody's pockets except the patient. <laughs> My personal favorite is companies who come to us wanting to create dental plans within our practice. You know, it's like creating an in-house dental plan it, to complete or, or to compete with dental insurance companies. That's why they want us to do these in-house plans. You need to compete with insurances. <laughs> this makes such perfect sense to me. Now, I know these plans are successful, and, and they do have a degree of, of uh, success uh, and profitability once in a blue moon, but create a plan where you can place your fee-for-service patients on it. Think this through. Listen to how I'm saying this. You create a plan where you place your fee-for-service patients on it, giving them a deep discount off your services instead of allowing them to pay you your standard fee. Now, that just makes sense to me, right? Which they have been happy to pay you on for years. Why would you do that? And what is their reasoning behind such in-house plans from these companies? They tell you the average consumer is always looking for a discount with anything they purchase. Great. I tell them, so give them a 5 to 10% discount off your fee-for-service fee if they ask for it. Reduce the stress of implementing another protocol in your practice and forget the in-house plan. You can always give your patients a discount if they ask for it. As for now, this is my thinking, but my thought leadership could change down the road. Some things might change. I doubt it, though. I like it when they pay as they go instead of making prepayments for services that might not come because they're dead. You know, what if that happens? Then they've made all those payments, and uh, I'll feel guilty. I'll need to refund them. The bottom line, don't give a discount on your services unless they ask you first for one. And even then, you've got to know your direct operating costs per hour so you don't end up giving away your services for free. Or worse, paying for your patient's dentistry. That's right. How often are you paying for your patient's dentistry? That insanity needs to stop. Point number three is something all of us back in the day had to realize in one of those Duh, moments. Simply stated, stop carrying accounts. You're not a bank. Many of you will have the patients make three to six payment installments, right? 
please tell me what business outside of medical allows you to do this. Hospitals will typically allow you to make payments to them when you have surgery on the remaining balances, and oftentimes they try to get you approved with a bank of some sort, or they give up and just have you pay them directly. Do you even know how many of their customers slash patients default on their in-house loans? More than you can imagine. Because they're the last ones to get paid also, just like you. In downturn economies, you guys, guess who gets paid last, if at all? That's right, my smarty pants friends. It's you, Doc. (laughs) It's the dentist. I know many of you use like care credit for your patient financing. Those who have been through our training learn about another financial entity for patient financing that is half the cost of care credit and are just as convenient to approve your patients with. Give us a call, and we're happy to share that banking entity with you. There's no more being overcharged for patient financing. I, I just, it, I'm blown away at how much we get charged for patient financing. That just needs to stop. And lastly, point number four, simply doing dentistry for free for your patient with no corporate profitability for you, Doc, and dental team members. As many of you have heard me say over and over again, you have got to know and understand your direct operating costs per hour and relate that to how long it takes you to do a procedure. Once you know that number, and you have to make sure it's a a real number, not some extrapolated figure, then you can really see whether you're profitable with all your procedures by the the, the time it takes you to complete them. I'm here to tell you, that in all the years we've been doing trainings, there still to date only emerges two procedures where you are actually not in the red, where there's actual corporate profitability built in. Those two procedures are three or more unit bridges and dental implants. Those are the only two procedures in, in almost every single time we do an evaluation. Every other procedure in the large majority of dental practices are just loss leaders where you hope the hygiene department is going at the same time to effectively be profitable each hour or oftentimes just to break even for the day. Indirectly doing dentistry for free is simply not knowing your DOC per hour, your direct operating cost per hour. You're, not, you're, you're just plugging away, doing procedures all day long, looking at abstract numbers in your production report And then wondering where all the money is at the end of the day, week, month, or year. Does that sound familiar? We hear that all the time. Then there is the direct free dentistry. You know, you know (laughs) where you doc or office manager, you write off the patient's balance as what? A gesture of kindness, of goodwill, as a token for the patient, not going elsewhere to receive their free dental care. What businesses routinely do this like we do in dentistry? Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> That's what I thought you'd say. Thank you so much for tuning into the My Practice, My Business podcast. You can find additional podcasts you may have missed that will help you with your dental practice at Apple iTunes Podcasts. And remember to become a subscriber to our podcast. Many of you have asked how to help support the My Practice, My Business podcast. If you have enjoyed the program and information you received today, 
the best way to help is to leave us a five-star review. Thanks again for allowing us to be a part of your day.